0: up, everybody. My name is Will. Welcome back to Thoughts That Count. Play my music, man. All right. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This episode will drop after the new year, so I would like to wish all of you guys a happy new year. 2022 is your year. That's right. This is the year of sticking to your goals and crushing your resolutions. And I wish you all peace and prosperity and safety and love in 2022. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about soulmates. That's right. We're going to get all up in the feelings. I hope you guys are prepared for this one. So I will be talking about both the friendship version and the relationship version of soulmates because I think that there are some things that are consistent across both. And there will be aspects that transcend both topics. So I think the information in this episode will be highly applicable to a person in any situation, whether you're starting in high school or you're already getting married, which is super crazy because I know that I have listeners that are at all of those levels. You know, I do have listeners that are, you know, just getting out of high school and some are literally set up a family. Some have kids even, which is absolutely awesome for you. I personally am not ready. Yeah, that's obvious. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, whatever stage in life you're at, there's no barrier in life unto when you can stop meeting new soulmates. You know, you can be in your 60s and still be meeting somebody that was destined to be in your life. And the way that I'll be defining soulmate in this episode is going to be somebody that feels like you were meant to be with them in your life, whether it be in a friendship or a relationship, somebody that you have a natural, deep affinity for, and that from the moment that you meet and talk to them, you just click, right? I'm sure your best friends are like that, where you meet them, you interact with them a little bit, and you're like, oh my God, we have so much in common. We just like all the same things. We just happen to find the same things funny. We're fans of the same thing, and things just work. And I think that these are some of the most enriching and the most fulfilling relationships that you can get into. So you must be wondering, well, Will, if it's so easy to find these relationships, if they just click automatically, what's the point of this episode? And the point of this episode is it is not always as simple as I'm making it sound. And there are also fake soulmates or soulmates that disguise themselves as soulmates. You click maybe from the beginning, but as you progress into the relationship, those things are not always what they seem. And in the same way that the real soulmates can be the most enriching and fulfilling relationships, the fake soulmates can be the most painful and the most damaging of any relationship because They instill in you the confidence of a soulmate. They instill in you the trust that would be afforded to a soulmate, yet they don't have the support and the love to back that up. Now, I'm not saying that these people are bad people and they're out to hurt you. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. There are people like that out there, yes. But most of the time, these fake soulmates are just incapable of handling everything that you bring to the table. And that's okay, but those are the people that you have to be the most careful with. And if you're like, well, how do I identify a fake soulmate? Don't you worry. That's exactly what I'm here for. Oh, Willie's got gotcha. <laughs> But once you're in past the, uh, the intro phase, you can begin to assess a few questions that will help. Now, obviously, this will take some time and it may seem kind of weird the way that I'm explaining it and not as simple as it sounds, but it really it will come naturally. So as you progress into the relationship, you start to ask the question, first of all, being, can you handle me? This involves the baggage, the full story, you know, all my feelings and dreams, the aspirations that I hold, where I want to go with my life. Can you handle all of that? And you won't even have to ask these questions. You'll be able to slowly test and give more and more information about yourself, and you'll be able to gauge their reaction on how they interact with that stuff that you're telling them. And more than they tell you, they will show you that they can handle what you're bringing to the table. And the fake soulmate will show you that they cannot they will become uncomfortable and they will become non-responsive and noticeably unsupportive on that topic. Because typically when we talk about these types of things, these things that are very intimate and these things that are very personal to us, we are looking for a certain reaction from the person that we're telling it to, whether it be a action of support or an action of understanding or an action of just being heard, right? And this is the reason that you see people getting extremely frustrated with people when they do offer up these vulnerable moments and they don't get the reaction that they expect. And whether or not you receive this reaction that you're seeking, that will show you very clearly how much of a soulmate that this person really is for you. And if you're wondering at what rate to kind of trickle this information in, it's a very much go by feel strategy. You will be able to tell how much information that you can relinquish to somebody and you'll be able to tell how much you can confide in somebody. Now the next question that you got to ask is probably one of the more important to me personally. And that is, can you be trusted with that information? I always say that trust is the foundation with which any great relationship is built upon. And that if you build any relationship on untrustworthy ground, then that relationship is destined to fail. Because a relationship without trust is bound to have insecurity and miscommunications riddled throughout it. But if you notice that that information that you're giving to somebody is immediately going to other people, or, and probably more importantly, if that information is then immediately being used against you, then you know that that person cannot be your soulmate because a true soulmate would not behave in this way. And unfortunately, if they're the type of people that use your own information against you, it's very likely coming from a manipulative and controlling place. And they can do it in very subtle ways as well. It can be in ways that are like quite hard to notice even sometimes. An example would be, well, if you don't want fill in the blank with traumatic experience to happen again, then you would listen to me. And I do have more episodes coming on these kind of red flag type behaviors, but for this episode, if any person that you're seeking a relationship with is using techniques that seek to either establish a hierarchy between the two of you, they seek to control you, or they seek to manipulate you in any way, immediately you know that that's not a soulmate of yours, because... No soulmate will seek to do these things, and they will treat you as an equal by giving you advice, yes, but still giving you the respect you deserve to make your own decisions. Personally, I would stay away from people who are particularly gossipy or talk negatively about people often behind their backs, because it would be foolish to think that they don't also do the same thing to you whenever you upset them. And I think that shows a person who is not confident enough to speak these concerns out to somebody's face, but instead wants to do it behind their back. But more on that shortly. The final question that you should ask when evaluating a soulmate is, do you care? And you'll be able to determine this more in their actions than their words. Because like I said in the last episode, it is much harder to lie through your actions than it is to lie through your words. But when you share these vulnerable moments and you share this kind of information with people, how do they interact with it? Are they engaged in listening and do they interact with how you're actually feeling and the things that you say? Or are they going to immediately tie it back to their own life and be like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I do this, 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 and this, and this, and immediately draw the conversation back to themselves. And like I said, people will show you that they care because it's very, very difficult to fake show that you care because if you're putting enough effort into fake showing that you care, you probably actually do care, you know? Otherwise, what are you going to all the theatrics for unless you're just that malicious or you got nothing better to do, right? And this do you care question also kind of ties back to the giving you the reaction that you're seeking when you tell them a certain thing. Now, if the person that you're speculating to be a soulmate is asking all these questions, it's a very, very good sign that they're on their way to being a soulmate. Now I'm gonna talk about some qualities that make a good soulmate. And one of them, as you've probably deduced from what I've been talking about up to this point, is how important the quality of being a good listener and being a good communicator is. But let's start on the listening side. It's so important to find somebody that truly listens to you because there's a very big difference between hearing and actually listening. Because you can be heard plenty, but if somebody's actually truly listening to the things that you're saying, that means that they care and they're interacting with it. The person that you communicate with should be taking adequate time to hear you out and to interact with the things that you're saying and ensure that you're feeling listened to and that they care about the things that you're saying. They're not just formulating a response. Now, even I do this where I'll jump the gun a bit on some conversations where I'll be like, oh yeah, no, I have a good thought about this because I don't want to forget it. And that's very normal. But if the conversation is consistently going in the direction of every time you express something, it's quickly turned back to them That's a big red flag, obviously. And I found that truly good listeners are a bit hard to come by sometimes because by nature, people think of themselves first, which is okay. But it does take a conscious, caring effort to be a good listener and to hear the things that people are saying. So then following up being a good listener is being a good communicator. And this is incredibly rare in both this generation and the past, where a surprising number of people just don't know how to communicate effectively. And I think So many of the problems that plague relationships could be eliminated by effective communication, especially intimate relationships. You can consider how many problems that you face are just based on either a lack of communication or an inaccurate form of communication. If you find somebody who's able to calmly and maturely articulate the way that they feel in an inoffensive manner, that's an incredibly rare quality because a lot of times in these vulnerable and intimate relationships, you find that emotion becomes very, very strong and it begins to show in times of pain or passion. But if someone is able to kind of fight that natural reaction and still express the way that they feel while not being too uppity about it as an incredibly rare quality to have and something that you should hold on to. In my personal relationships, I try to eliminate any miscommunications or any confusion with the way that I feel. So there's no guesswork on my level of affection, there's no guesswork on my level of dissatisfaction, and no one has to wonder how I feel because it tends to be that when people are trying to fill in the blanks of how I feel for me in their own mind, that's when problems occur. And if those kind of feelings of dissatisfaction are not addressed quickly, then those feelings of resentment will definitely build over time until there's a point when it boils over, until there's a point when one person just simply can't hold back those feelings anymore, and they have to express them. And I'm sure you all have experienced times like this, where we'll bring up a situation from months ago, and you'll be confused as to why that's being brought up now. But it's because in their mind, it was never addressed at the time. So that thing just ran in circles in their mind for a while until it came to a boiling point. So as much as I can eliminate that in the people that I'm close to, the better, because that allows me to eliminate any miscommunication that could possibly be there. And any person that is able to execute that and able to apply that to their relationships shows a very high knowledge for how relationships work and will likely be a very pleasant person to be friends with, or even more if the circumstances allow it. Subsequently, those who are honest also, as well as trustworthy, set up another aspect of that good foundation that I'm talking about. Somebody who is able to be honest with you even when the situation is difficult or tough is another rare person that is somebody that you want close to them because you know that when the time is needed that you need to be able to count on them to be honest with you. You know that they will be because they know that whether it's difficult or whether it's easy to tell you the truth, they're going to tell you the truth regardless. And that's rare because there are some very interesting situations that arise in life that will challenge your judgment and challenge the judgment of others as well. So someone who is honest in a trying time is a very trustworthy one. This is especially true when it comes to how they feel because a lot of times there's a lot of shame sometimes or embarrassment in people expressing the way that they feel because there's an aspect of vulnerability in that, right? And at times it can be quite difficult to be vulnerable because it's risky. But a true soulmate is able to do that a true soulmate is able to express how they feel about you express gratitude and express exactly how they feel effectively and i've said this before in previous episodes but there is a linear relationship positively between the amount of vulnerability and the amount of happiness that you can experience with that person because if you're able to be vulnerable you're able to be unequivocally yourself and that means that they're able to be unequivocally themselves. And you can then experience the purest form of that person that you otherwise would not be able to experience because that's a part of them and also a part of you that would not be exposed to just anybody because it it does require that vulnerability. It does require that kind of riskiness because in high vulnerability situations, there is that possibility of getting hurt. But anyway, finding somebody who is that honest and find somebody who does care that much Is extremely special, and I would keep those kind of people close. And especially when it comes to relationships that are intimate, don't pass up on somebody who loves you for you because you think that you can do better, because you'll find that it is quite rare to find somebody who genuinely loves you through and through for you because not many people get to experience that intimate side. Obviously, there's exceptions to this, but that's a good rule of thumb to keep in mind. But The final kind of good sign of a soulmate is that time and space do not deteriorate your relationship. I have a couple of people that I consider to be soulmates that it doesn't matter how long I spend away from them. It doesn't matter anything that's happened in that time. I can still come back to that relationship and I'm still close as I've ever been. I can still have the same kind of conversations that I've always had. I can still share the kind of intimate details that I've always shared. And I keep those people very, very close, even though they may not be physically close to me, if that makes sense. And it's a very awesome sign that if you spend a year away, two years away from somebody, and you come back and meet them again, and it's like nothing has changed, and you guys can still banter like you've always bantered and joke like you've always joked. So the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into this week's weekly takeaway was the best ways to avoid fake soulmates. And the best advice I could say probably is listen to your gut. Your gut will actually tell you when something's not right. That's the biggest part of having a soulmate is it comes so naturally. It comes so easily. There's such a natural affinity for another person that if your gut's telling you, you know what, something's not right here, then likely there isn't. And you should probably be a little bit more cautious with that person. Also, be willing to listen to your friends. Your closest friends spend the most time with you and know you better than anybody else. So why would they not be inclined to look out for your best interest when it comes to adding somebody new to your life? They're able to see when somebody's changing you for the worse, They're able to see when somebody's changing you for the better so they can know and tell you when somebody's having a good or a bad influence on you. Obviously, I can't promise that they'll always be right. And ultimately, your choices and your decisions are yours to bear. And subsequently, the consequences from that decision are also yours to bear. But if you've picked good friends that you can trust and believe in, then you know that they're going to look out for your best interest and they're going to give you advice based on that best interest. And finally, observe how they treat other people and how they talk to you about other people. Because it would be very unlikely that they would talk about everybody else in a certain way and not about you in that way. Humans are naturally habitual. They want to follow habits, which is why at times habits are so hard to break. So if you notice that they have a habit of talking a certain way about somebody else or everybody else, then you know that habitually they probably talk about you that way as well. But anyway, let us get into this week's Weekly Takeaway. And I'm very excited for this one because this is one that I've had the privilege of learning at a young age, and it comes from a Tyler Perry movie that I used to watch. But this week's Weekly Takeaway is the tree analogy of friendship. Now, I categorize the people that I meet in the form of a tree. Some people are like the leaves on the tree. The wind blows, they're over here. The wind blows, they're over there. They're shaky, they're uncertain. And when the season changes... They wither, they die, and they go away. And while new leaves may appear, those old ones will be gone. Now some people are like the branches on that tree. Now you have to be careful with branches because branches will make you think that they're very strong and supportive, but as soon as you step on them, they break, and they leave you high and dry. And while they may remain a part of the tree's life for a while, they take from the tree, as do the leaves, they continue to take from the tree. And where a lot of people get mixed up is they mix lifetime expectations with seasonal people. I'm going to say that again. They mix lifetime expectations with people who are seasonal. The people that were supposed to come into your life for a season and teach you a few things and then be gone. You're keeping around like they're supposed to be there for your lifetime. And that's where I see a lot of young relationships get messed up as they start talking about marriage and kids before they've even established the love required for that sort of commitment. But anyway, some people are like the roots at the bottom of that tree. And once you find a root you want to make sure that you hold on to that because these are the types of people that give you nourishment, that enrich your life. And these are the soulmates that I've been discussing this whole episode. A tree can have thousands and thousands of leaves and thousands of branches and only a few roots at the bottom that supply that tree with everything that it needs. So once you find those roots, once you find those types of people, hold on to them dearly and make sure that they know how much you care and you value them but that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening all the way through. I hope you found something that you can add to your life or to the life of somebody around you. Please share this episode so others can hear the benefit as well. Seriously, do it, please. Thank you. You know what we're building here. Come on. You know, you know what we're building here. A community. Thank you. You know what it is. So subscribe, follow, do all that great stuff. I don't got a drone on. We're building something great here. So I thank you. I appreciate you. This has been Will with Thoughts That Count.